Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Welcome to the show and a good Thursday evening to you. Mark Aram here, you there. It's 11.06, 6 after the hour. The nation's first reaction to the Democratic debate heard across CMG radio stations nationwide. WSB, WDBO, WOKV, WHIO, and KRMG. Your thoughts now, please, on what you uh, may have seen or heard on the Democratic debate. 404-872-0750, Or you can use the open mic feature and let us know your thoughts. Joining us live from New Hampshire, Washington correspondent Jamie Dupree. And joining us live, uh, our political analyst, Bill Crane. Gentlemen, thanks for spending another evening with me. How are you? Hey, Mark. Glad to be here. Jamie, what's uh, what's cooking in New Hampshire? The debate just wrapped up. Uh, what are you hearing on the ground up in the Granite State? Well, I guess I'd say about tonight's date, uh, debate, my first observation would be this was a good debate, Mark. Very detailed at times. Yes, there were some sharp exchanges, but for the most part, extremely issue-oriented. And it just, to me, brings up the immediate thought that why do Democratic leaders go to such extreme efforts to limit their debates. I mean, you know, after this one, you would ask, why not? Why hide this? Why hide the debates on a Saturday night in November and December? I mean, I think this is good for the party. Whether you agree with them or not isn't the point. Uh, It was a I thought it was a good debate. And frankly, I sort of uh, found myself imagining how would the Republicans do in an extended, you know, Maybe Rubio versus Cruz or Cruz versus Trump. How would they fare? Uh, you know, I, I thought uh, both made their points. Hillary Clinton uh, clearly had a couple of points she wanted to drive home repeatedly, and she was ready a number of times with stuff that she'd obviously worked on. But I'm not sure that uh, anybody was the extreme winner uh, on this. But my theory on that, Jamie, is why why there were so few Democratic debates and why they were buried. You're absolutely right. I just think that the DNC just assumed, like most of us did, that, <laughs> that it was Hillary a, Clinton would win. Yeah, yes, it, was it was a, a fait accompli. Dunk, yeah. And why risk exposure for her, sure. try to limit her exposure, and then all of a sudden, uh, feel the burn has has swept over the, the young Democrats across the nation. All of a sudden, but I we think have she excels at these things. I mean, whether, you know, know whether you think it was going to undermine her i still think she does well uh you know I, i'll be i'll be interested to see who thinks uh, uh won tonight but uh, i mean I, I felt like it, both both of them had strong points tonight bill crane who won who won the debate tonight in your mind's eye barney sanders now i'll back up and say i disagree politically philosophically with most everything the man says but he believes in and is passionate about and says what he says with conviction and it comes across as genuine uh, I thought Secretary of State Clinton often came across as anxious or angry or irritated, 
and I don't think that's her best face. She did well when talking about her role as Secretary of State, some of the foreign policy decisions, discussions she led in the Middle East, some of the things she wants to do from a policy standpoint. Those tend to be the kinds of discussions she does well with. But when she was complimenting Senator Sanders on his campaign or his young supporters, she has a very frozen, fake smile that I think doesn't read well for a lot of viewers. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I believe part of the reason that the DNC made the choice they did was to protect her nomination, which they do believe, and I think they're correct, is eventual. But it's not unlike in 1988, I'm sure, Jim, you will remember this one, the Democratic Leadership Council and the DNC powers that be wanted to engineer through the structure of the primaries Super Tuesday to give them a Southern conservative nominee. They guess were that thinking, didn't work out that yeah, day. <laughs> they were thinking Al Gore, who was then the young senator who looked like Christopher Reeve, Superman, from the state of Tennessee. Well, Jesse Jackson was yeah. the Bernie Sanders of that election. He entered the, the race, picked up a lot of delegates, particularly for, from states that have a significant African-American uh, population, and went to that Democratic National Convention in Atlanta as a spoiler and all but cost Michael Dukakis the nomination, which eventually he got and then lost the election to George Bush. So when you try to over-engineer an outcome, you typically don't get what you're seeking. What I think, Jamie, you made a good point, and I was watching the debate, and I was exhausted for them. So you have a, the Democratic debate where it's just, it's mono mono now. The third candidate has dropped out. You don't have really time to take your breath when it's one-on-one as opposed to the GOP debate where, you know, you have seven other souls on stage with you and you have time to catch your breath. You know, there were times that the, I thought the first segment was electric at times, and then I went back and listened to it, and I said, oh, that part was boring. But there were some, there were some highlights in that first segment uh, where they went back and forth. Then we got into other things, uh, you know, an extended discussion of foreign policy and other matters that, it, depending on your level of interest, uh, you know, some people probably reached for the clicker and turned the channel, et cetera. But, uh, you know, look, um, you Think of the candidate that you want to support, and can you place them in that position and have them debate for an extended period of time? I I still think it's very interesting and brings out some, you know, you sort of see where they go to the well when they can't think. When they can't think on their feet, what do they go to? Or the default. I agree with you on that, and I do think that they made a mistake trying to hide their candidates. But in the end, does it hurt them that bad? I don't know. I don't know that it really changes anything, but I guess I'll, I'll give the Democrats kudos for turning around. I mean, what, it was only about 10 days ago that Debbie Wasserman Schultz wanted no part of tonight. Exactly. I mean, she tweeted out, you can, <laughs> unless, she's, unless she's deleted the tweet, Bill, you can still find it on her Twitter account where she says, there is the, the next Democratic <laughs> debate is February 11th. It is yeah, not and, February and the 4th. last night didn't happen. Uh, it, it's sort of like the way when we talk about the Flint water situation and Hillary's going there on Sunday, we ignore the fact that the choices made to switch the water supply to the to the lake and away from the Detroit City Municipal Water Supply was made by a Democratic mayoral administration. Yes, there's a Republican governor, but yes, there's a Democrat in the White House. Should the federal government step in every time a municipal government or a county makes a mistake? That that trend that, that Hillary Clinton went on tonight about rescue, yes, it's an emergency there. But so is a bankruptcy. So is when a school system defaults. The city of Detroit school system has been on the verge of bankruptcy for years. Um, is it the federal government and every taxpayer's responsibility in the nation to step in and bail those government entities out to replumb, in effect, Flint? Um, 
But again, we didn't. You don't get to hear in these single party debates the opposite side of the sure. coin. So you get get to hear kind of shades of gradation and difference of opinion between candidates on that side. Mark, and again, I will say I will put out this really weird plea, Mark, that nobody will agree with. Mm-hmm. But um, I I don't like crowds at debates. I don't like applause. I just wish we would have the sure. two candidates there and nothing else. And it seemed to me, uh, from what I saw, that it was a pro-Bernie crowd. Yeah, or at least they was. were louder than, than the Hillary supporters. It was at the University of New Hampshire, and there were there were placards around, as, as Greg Bluestein pointed out earlier in the evening, that said stuff like, Hillary is a liar. So you would think maybe <laughs> that would only be at a Republican debate, but no, Not a, yeah. uh, there was some at a Democratic debate. Uh, you know, the, on the ground here, the way it is, it's obvious that uh, Bernie is ahead of Hillary right now. It's It's obvious. Uh, she, As you mentioned, she's going to Michigan on Sunday, so she's not going to be here the whole time. Uh, Bill Clinton is nowhere to be found here after doing a lot of work for Hillary Clinton in Iowa. Where's Bill? Uh, he's going to be in Nevada mm-hmm. the next two days. So that tells me, you know, Nevada is next for the Democrats after uh, after uh, New Hampshire here. One so, of those many instances where they're trying to engineer the calendar where the Republican yeah. Democratic caucuses go and different don't ways. Yeah. Mark Aram with uh, Jamie Dupree in New Hampshire, political analyst Bill Crane. Jamie, let, let me ask you this. You're in New Hampshire, and, and and one of the most stunning things of the Democratic race that I've seen so far, the poll numbers, on ages. Bernie Sanders dominating the under 30, and Hillary Clinton dominating the 65-plus. Uh, are you seeing that in New Hampshire, that that drastic support in the age differences between the Oh, yeah, the well, candidates? I just saw it in, in Iowa, too. I mean, uh, you, you go to uh, a Clinton event— and yeah, there's some younger people there, but it's it's mainly sort of more middle-aged people and seniors. And then the Sanders event the other night, I mean, I was just struck by how young it was. I mean, yes, it was at a college campus in Iowa, mm-hmm. but there were just young people everywhere. And, 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 and the exit polling showed that out of Iowa as well. And, and, and the question was tonight, uh, I think it was in like the, the latter half of it, when the candidates were asked, okay, well, who can match up better against the Republicans in November? I was just going over that section of the debate before we started. And Hillary Clinton said, well, you know, I'm, I'm much better prepared. I've got the experience. And Bernie Sanders simply said, look, I'm bringing in new people. I'm motivating new people. And, and frankly, that's the echoes of eight years ago. And, Bill, I don't know if you agree with that, but it seems like it's sort of like eight years ago when it was Barack Obama doing no, there the There are similarities, and, and also to Ron Paul's campaign four years ago. But the, as we all know, those spurts, if you will, of interest tend to fade, and, and sometimes by the fall, those millennials who are on college campuses and away from home do not actually vote. Or it can it doesn't even have to be by the fall. It can be next week for a right, debate the here. Primaries. And <laughs> I mean, I interviewed people today. Are you going to vote in the polls? the polls, but they yeah. do not show up at the polling place. I interviewed people today. Are you going to vote next Tuesday? Uh, I mean, these are people at events, okay, wow. for candidates. Yeah. Uh, so, Bill, let me ask you, if if the these trends hold up as far as the support of the younger and older voters, if they do vote, who who does it benefit? Is is it does Bernie benefit that have, he has the young voters, or does Hillary benefit that she well, has? If he the, was running ten years from now, and those voters age and stay with him. I mean, the reality is, eighteen to thirty year olds are the least likely to vote. Period. Yep. Um, they may do the most at an event. They may do the most on social media, but. Actually registering, as we saw a little bit of in Iowa last week, actually registering, showing up, and being there is not something you could count on them to do with any regularity in any state. Yes, sometimes single issues, some some causes, but the fire tends to burn out. So the burn to sustain that all the way through, particularly the southern states where Hillary will have tremendous advantages in terms of 
built-in interest groups, the African-American vote is so strong for the Clintons, the financial advantages she'll have, the organizational advantages, and by that I mean the party infrastructure and leadership who've endorsed her, many superdelegates who are already voting for her in the convention as if it were held tomorrow. Um, he will win New Hampshire. He will win New Hampshire handily. But after that, Jamie, when, when would the next place that Bernie Sanders would likely to even be Ooh. within 20 points of Hillary? You wouldn't think in, in Nevada. You wouldn't think in South Carolina. Then you get into all the Super Maybe Tuesday Ohio? SEC primary states. There are Well, Vermont and Massachusetts are on the SEC primary yeah, day. That's the, why I don't like to call count. it that. Yeah. And also you have... Um, you have Minnesota and Virginia on that day, so he could do well there, maybe. Yeah, but the race to 2,400, I don't hear a lot of wins there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, Arkansas, Alabama, uh, you know, those are red states, but they contain sort of the the style of people that would be more likely, I would think, to vote for Hillary Clinton, but then you never know. We've seen some, remember Blanche uh, Lambert-Lincoln, uh, or maybe it's the other way around, the, the former senator from Arkansas, who was defeated a number of years ago, a Democrat, she faced an intense liberal challenge in Arkansas that really caused her trouble. So there are elements that would align with Bernie along the way, but I'm not so sure. Jamie, i got about a minute left, Jamie. Real quick, uh, set up your day tomorrow. Where are you going to be and where can we hear you tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, I hope to start my day. We're supposed to get eight, uh, five to eight inches of snow, so that could make wow. things a little tricky. I hope to start out either by going to Chris Christie or uh, John Kasich in the morning over in the southeastern corner of New Hampshire. Then I want to get back to a Bernie rally at the Exeter Town Hall where I caught uh, Trump today. Donald Trump has also added an event at the Londonderry Lions Club that I would like to get to, and I hope to finish it off tomorrow night either with a Rubio or a Cruz rally, depending on the The snow. The new, kinder, gentler listening Donald Trump. Exactly. Yeah, listen, today was totally different. I mean, uh, guys, it was. It was really amazing. There were no insults, no nothing, and he's doing another one of these tomorrow. Jamie Dupree, we'll catch you tomorrow morning during the morning news uh, on you, Twitter at Jamie Dupree. I hope you stay safe in the uh, in the snowy granite state. Uh, I want to know your reaction, the nation's first reaction to the Democratic debate right now. 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. This is Mark Arum. You can follow me on Twitter, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M, back after this. Coverage of tonight's debate on WSB is brought to you by Renner's Warehouse. Follow Campaign 2016 on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Kid gets caught with marijuana, that kid has a police record. A Wall Street executive destroys the economy, $5 billion settlement with the government, no criminal record. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders tonight in the Democratic debate. Welcome back to the program. Mark Aram with you, 404-872-0750, outside of Atlanta, 1-800-WSB-TALK or 1-800-972-8255 as we broadcast across the nation. Your thoughts, who won the debate tonight? What does this debate mean going forward for the Democratic Party? And I, I guess the question I, I really want to ask, I know we have a lot of conservative listeners out there. Um, who are you rooting for? If you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, obviously you have your, your favorite candidate or candidates on the GOP side of thing. But who are you rooting for on the Democratic side? Hillary Clinton 
or Bernie Sanders. 404-872-0750, on Twitter, at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Of course, you can use the open mic feature and uh, leave a comment there, and we'll play that as well. But interesting, who is the candidate you want to win the Democratic side of things? As, as, a, as a political analyst, I can say I don't see how Bernie Sanders could win a general election. So I could see why conservatives would want him to win uh, the Democratic nomination. But you got to give the guy credit. He's come out of nowhere. He was in single digits in Iowa and forced a tie. He is going to win New Hampshire. He is getting a lot of, I think he said tonight on the show, 3 million individual donors averaging $27 a pop. That's an impressive number, getting 3 million donors. Who who do you want to face in the general election? Sam's uh, up on the program. Hello, Sam. Hi, how you doing? Excellent, I sir. Did, I had a comment on Hillary. In my opinion, uh, when Hillary... Uh was paid to go uh, support Jesse Ventura during his re-election try campaign in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, mm-hmm. Yeah, a long time ago, she said that uh, he was giving too much money back, in her own words, on TV, and that uh, he should not be re-elected. And uh, he didn't expect that. His jaw about fell open. And another issue I have with Hillary, I think she's an alcoholic if she has some serious alcohol problems. All right. I appreciate the your concern for her well-being. I will pass it along to the Clinton campaign that you are worried about her drinking. Thank you, Bill. Who are you rooting for? If you're a conservative, who are you rooting for to win the Democratic nomination? Or if you're a liberal, a progressive, a Democrat, who are you rooting for to win the Democratic nomination? Post-debate coverage continues with your thoughts. 404-872-0750 We'll come back Political analyst Bill Crane will join us again. Stick around. Mark Aaron with you for the next 32 minutes. In true Iowa fashion, the frontrunners are dealt a serious blow. We finished second. Tonight is a victory. Cruz and Clinton win the Iowa caucuses. This has been an incredible honor. But Sanders shocks Hillary and takes half the delegates to New Hampshire. Enough is enough. This is Campaign 2016, and no matter where your candidate stands, we've got your front row seat. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Depend on it. and killing. I just don't believe that government itself should be part of the killing. Bernie Sanders tonight talking about the use of the death penalty in the United States during the Democratic debate. Welcome back to the program. Mark Aram with you. 24 in front of the hour. Post-debate coverage continues on the CMG radio network, WSB, WDBO, WOKV, WHIO, and WNKRMG. No W there. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or 1-800-972-8255. Who won the debate tonight? And if you are a conservative, if you are a Republican, who do you want to win 
the Democratic nomination. 404-872-0750-1-800-972-8255. Political analyst Bill Crane joins us again. Uh, Bill, you thought that Bernie Sanders won the debate, but you question his long-term viability to win the nomination. That's correct. He'll win New Hampshire, but I have a hard time picturing a state he wins after that. There will be wins in his home state of Vermont, probably in Massachusetts. But the way the delegate counts fall, the way the calendar works out, and the number of superdelegates, and those are party elected officials, party apparatchiks, the, the leadership of the Democratic National Committee, that are already committed to Hillary, I just don't see the path to becoming the nominee. All right, let's talk to uh, Jordan in Jacksonville. Jordan, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. Your thoughts, sir? Good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Twenty-three-year-old Republican here. Now, here's here's what I'm seeing. I I, I really believe that we have the best chance uh, against Hillary. Um, I mean, I've seen nothing but you know support for Bernie Sanders in my age range, and it it just breaks my heart for these people that are just lost. Well, explain why he has caught on with the younger generation in in your mind's eye, Jordan. Free stuff. Say it again. Uh, free stuff. Oh, free stuff. And that's about it. That's, that's about all I've seen. You know, and people people are are talking about free college. How how he thinks he can pay for free free college, and I mean, do the math. You know, it, it doesn't add up. So you would rather because what you see in in the in the millennial demographic, you would rather face Hillary Clinton uh, as a conservative. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Right in the general election. Interesting. All right, I like the I like the younger generation take on that. Thank you. Nick's up next on the program. Hello, Nick. Hey, Mark. Uh, okay, so you had a twenty-three-year-old. Now you have a fifty-five-year-old. All right. Okay. I am a conservative slash realist. All right, meaning I'm going to vote Republican no matter what. I get the part about they're all screwed up, whatever. But they're still the best thing in my mind. I would rather face Hillary Clinton regardless of whether or not a Republican candidate can beat her, simply because at the age of 55, it, it saddens me and sickens me to, to imagine a country where there are enough believers and a devout socialist to put him up as a candidate for the President of the United States. So forget about whether the Republicans can beat Hillary or whether the Republicans can beat Bernie or whatever, I just I can't I can't stomach the idea of that guy actually getting to run for the president of the United States. I mean, what what does the country come to when we're willing to put a guy that is a devout socialist admitted up for president of the United States? So you you would you want that option off the table completely? You win or lose, you don't care if Hillary wins, but you definitely don't want. Bernie Sanders to win. I just, I just, it saddens me to think that we have that. Well, don't be, listen, Nick, we're not there yet. Don't be sad. It's okay. Everything's all right. Yeah, I know. I, I'm right. just saying. No, I, I, I'm, I'm I, I, you, I, you asked for a Republican point of view. No, I, I, and I appreciate you. that. Um, and I think it's interesting that that you <laughs> you see you in your uh, view the for the long term better uh, betterment of the nation. Right. You, you exactly. don't want. Yeah, I get it. I think that's an interesting take on that, Bill. Um, your thoughts on that? Uh, the well, like you, I'm 55 years old, and uh, I don't know if you have children or not, but I, I I've learned a lot just talking to and listening to them. I have a millennial daughter, and she has a fiance. He's a conservative, 
but I had a conversation with the two of them about socialism, and I specifically kind of started with the way people like Bernie Sanders frame it on an issue like income inequality. And I said, would you think it would be okay if everybody made the same amount of money? If that was a government policy, no matter what you did or what your job was, everybody got the same salary. And as I saw my daughter, who is a school teacher, start to nod, I thought, what if I, where did I go wrong? But my point is, socialism is not the villain to today's millennials. They didn't live through the Cold War. They don't know communist China. They know China is our major trade partner. They don't know of the Soviet Union. And, and uh, there's a YouTube video that's getting a lot of play on Facebook this last week of a bunch of University of Texas tech students who can't tell you who won the Civil War or what the Civil Rights Movement was about or who our vice president is. we got big issues as it relates to what our kids, but they can all tell you who Kim Kardashian is and who... Well, that, that's, uh, a, that's a whole different issue, yeah, absolutely. Is but but to be fair, who, Bill, there, there's a, that's a big jump, I think, from uh, a democratic socialist jumping to communism. I, that, that's, that's a big leap, I think. Well, no, that's what, so, that's what communism is, is socialism. It's redistribution, taking all that is produced, and then distributing it back via the government to everyone in whatever role. And Now, fascism is the taking the government, taking control. There's no private enterprise. The government basically controls everything. But communism, socialism, is about taking all private income and wealth and redistributing it as the government sees fit. But that's not the way even Bernie Sanders presents it. He presents it as Santa Claus. I'm going to give you everything for free. There's never a discussion. And what did disappoint me and does about that, the debate tonight and some of the earlier ones on the Democratic side, is you never see a lot of press for detail on how will you fund universal health care for everyone? How will you pay? Because the only answer I've heard out of Senator Sanders is, attacks on millionaires and going after Wall Street. Well, there's a lot of money in Wall Street, but not trillions of dollars, mm-hmm. not the kind of money we're talking about spending with some of the programs that are being touted in the Democratic debate. Bruce joins us in Florida. Bruce, welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Excellent. What's going on, bud? Uh, just bleached the rail, man. I thought I'd call in. I'm 38, uh, constitutional conservative, and I got to tell you, man, uh, I haven't really paid much attention to politics until this this election here coming up, and I got to tell you what, man, it makes me sick uh, between the mudslinging on the Republican side and the Democrat side, and I got to tell you, uh, I, I wouldn't vote for either one of them. I, I don't care for either one of them. I think um, I think Hillary's proven over and over again that uh, she's a liar and that she's she's a criminal, and and there's there's more. There's more going on about, you know, tweets and this, that, and the other, aside from what needs to be thrown out there. And I, I agree with our gentleman. I, I do believe that Bernie Sanders is absolutely socialist, and I work too hard for what I have to uh, give to somebody who works not near as hard, hard as I do or isn't even a U.S. citizen, you know. Gotcha. Great call, Bruce. Thank you. Uh, Darren joins us in Orlando. Hey, Darren, welcome to the program. Hey, brother, how you doing this evening? Excellent. What, what are your thoughts? Well, um, like everyone else, I, I'm 33. Um, I'm, I'm pro-Constitution, man. You know, I'm a patriot. And as a Republican, I, want, I was thinking I want Bernie Sanders to get the de- Democratic nomination because how can America elect a socialist? You know what I mean? Uh, so that seems like it's our best 
deal. But the other side of that coin is he actually winning the presidential nominee and taking us that fur- that much further away from our Constitution, you know, and who we are. And that's I think that's an interesting point. So, Bill, what's funny is no, I don't know, not maybe funny is not the proper word to use. Um, obviously, there is little love for uh, any of the Clintons on the uh, right side of the aisle. Correct? I mean, they're, they're correct. I mean, well, there's respect for the amount of money and attention and bulletproof skin that they have, but no, there's not a lot of love lost. But th- but that's that's three callers now that would would rather. Hillary be president than Bernie Sanders, even though there is no love for the Clintons on the right side of the aisle. Well, I suspect there are some people who would vote for Hillary over Donald Trump. I mean, it's always an either-or proposition when you mm-hmm. get down to the November election, and a lot of people will stay out of it until then for the sheer simplicity of the starkness of the choices. By the time it's November, you're looking at, a, generally speaking, a Republican and a, a Democrat. Third-party candidates may get in the race, including Donald Trump, but they typically are not a viable choice. Tony joins us in ta- uh, Dallas. Tony, you're on the Mark Aram Show. How are hey, you, sir? How you doing, Mark? I'm a 50-year-old, and I'm a Democrat, and uh, I'm also going to vote for Bernie Sanders. I like what Bernie said. And anybody talk about communism and stuff, first of all, go to, is Canada a communist country? I mean, as far as I know, my family in Canada, they can they got different wages. Nobody ever gets paid the same. Germany's the same thing. All those countries that have socialized medicine in Western Europe, none of them, Everybody gets paid different, so all the stuff that people are saying is a complete lie. Who won the debate tonight, Tony? Did you see the debate by any chance? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, Bernie Sanders, as far as I'm concerned. All right, Tony, appreciate the call. Um, there you go, Bill. Uh, our friends to our neighbors to the north. Um, is, is that the kind Canada, of socialism? Canada has Canada has a socialized healthcare single payer system and has for a little more than two decades, I believe. And there's a huge weight in hospitals from. Detroit, Cleveland, all across the northern United States of Canadians coming voluntarily into the United States because they can't get procedures done for the wait or because of concerns of quality of care, they're coming and paying cash for the same procedures sure. that they might get for free in Canada. I, it, this is uh, a reminder me of a story. My cousin got married in Toronto 15 years ago. We went up for the wedding, and my uncle started getting chest pains so we, we rushed him to the hospital in Toronto, and they did the test, the EKG, whatever. It, it turned out it was it was nothing serious, thankfully. He wasn't having a heart attack. That's what we thought. And then when we go to, quote, check out of the of the hospital, they're like, what are you doing? And we're like, well, you know, what do we owe you? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. I, I definitely know the uh, the drawbacks of what you're talking about, Bill. Um, uh, but that was that was shocking. That all three of us were like, what do you mean? We don't want to, we don't pay anything. They're like, no, no, get out but, of here. But there are trade offs, <laughs> and I'm not knocking Canada. I have a lot of respect, and Toronto is a wonderful city. They don't have any in any sort of fashion that we could speak of or compare to national defense we are oh yeah I mean, absolutely Canada has a military but it's very small yeah and if they were ever to be attacked they're completely dependent on the united states you have to make choices we've made a few that are very expensive as it relates to the role in the world and you can't do everything indeed sean is in jacksonville sean you're on the mark aram show ah, good afternoon how are you doing today excellent sean what's going on Hey, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually a uh, Republican myself, but um, it's going to be an unpopular opinion to, to most of my colleagues. But I actually uh, I support Bernie. I actually think uh, he's uh, bringing about some change that we just, we have not seen, uh, at least in my lifetime. I'm only 25, but uh, some change that uh, I think is, is well needed in America. 
I, what I think, thanks for the call, Sean. What what I think I'm hearing, and that was uh, a self-professed Republican there, Bill. Um, I just think Bernie is so different. And whether you agree with uh, 100% of what he says or 0% of what he says, I don't think anyone can question his sincerity and the fact that, that it's just so different than the polished politicians that we're used to seeing, whether it's a Bush or a Clinton. Well, that's, that's part of why I said he won the debate. He comes across truly believing what he's espousing and genuine in what he's saying. But uh, how do you do anything of what he's saying? How do you, I mean, yes, you can criminalize uh, in a greater extent certain elements of fraud and, and go back after because the statute of limitations hasn't run out on the, the crisis that occurred, that occurred in 2008. We could go prosecute some of those um, bank fraud cases or uh, we're going to bring back the Glass-Steagall Act, but capital is liquid. In France, the president there, a socialist, Increase the income tax rate to 75% on his top earners. Mm. Within a matter of six months, 300 of the wealthiest people in France became citizens of Belgium and other nations of Europe, and that money didn't go to France. Bill, i got to hold you right there. We're going to come back. One more segment, 404-872-0750, on Twitter, at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Post-debate coverage continues. This is The Mark Arum Show. Coverage of tonight's debate on WSB is brought to you by Renner's Warehouse. Follow Campaign 2016 on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I've heard uh, Senator Sanders' comments, and it's really caused me to wonder who's left in the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. Under his definition, President Obama's not progressive. Hillary Clinton at the Democratic debate tonight, finishing up Mark Aram and Bill Crane taking your calls at 404-872-0750. Tony is in Atlanta. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, yo, Tony. Yeah. yeah, I'm here. Uh, am I on the air? You are on the air, sir. Okay. Hey, I'm going for uh, Bernie Sanders. I'm a first-time Republican because of uh, Donald Trump, and I'll be uh, 50 in March. But uh, the reason why uh, I like Bernie better as a fail-safe in case the Democrats win is because he's got better ethics and he's uh, pro-legalization of cannabis. And I think Hillary is just part of the criminal globalist. All right. Thank you for the call. Bill's in Florida. Bill, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Excellent, sir. Okay, I've got a song that some of your uh, listeners might like to punch in their computer and bring up. It could be give them a few laughs. It's called... Donald, where's your trousers? We will uh, we it's, will Google it's an that. Time Scottish song about a guy that's wearing a, a kilt. Okay, Donald, where are your trousers? Bill, get that on your iPod ASAP, okay, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish up with Mary. Mary, close out the show on a positive note, please. Hey, um, I am 22 years old. Uh, my first election, I was going to vote for Herman, but he, you know, dropped out. And then I was going to vote for Rand Paul, but he dropped out. So um, if I had to choose a Democrat, I would choose Hillary Clinton because I strongly believe that if Bernie is the nominee, he could beat almost any of the Republican nominees because the idea of free stuff sounds so good to us millennials. And most people don't dig deep enough to find out that it doesn't work out the way that 
he thinks it will. Interesting. All right. I, I appreciate that analysis. Bill, Bernie in a general election, does he stand a chance against anyone on the Republican side of the ledger? I just don't see the National Democratic Party as it currently exists selecting as their nominee, absent Hillary Clinton being indicted or charged federally with some of these email issues, um, as they're not. I, I think if her, her candidacy starts to stumble and fall, you're much more likely to see an establishment candidate like Joe Biden or, or even John Kerry or Al Gore's names being foisted again than the party get behind. I don't disagree that there's a substantial groundswell, particularly millennial voters, for Bernie Sanders, and that there is attractiveness to his message about the financial system being stacked and middle-income Americans losing ground. I just don't think the Democratic Party's ready to get behind that. Bill Crane, as always, we thank you, sir. Have a great night. Take care. Jamie Dupree in uh, New Hampshire. We'll have the very latest on the morning news tomorrow. Please, if you want to sound off on tonight's Democratic debate, use the open mic feature on our app, or you can tweet at me. It's M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Mark Aram with you on post-Democratic debate coverage. We'll do this again Tuesday night. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.